It's time for Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds. Oh my. The best NFL podcast this side of the Mason-Dixon line. What do Falcons do? Falcons, Falcons rise up. Here's your hosts, Josh Stitcher and Patrick Edson. Welcome to Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds, the best football podcast this side of the Mason-Dixon line. Presented by the Morning Five. Special thanks to our friends Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. I'm Patrick Edson, and I'm joined again, once again tonight, by my good buddy, the dude, Josh Stitcher. How you doing tonight, Stitch? Man, I'm doing really good. How about you, Patrick? Man, I, you know, uh, I, I would be much happier uh if we were talking about a Falcons team that was five and three instead of four and four, um, and you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, man, I'm a little torqued at the Falcons today, um, and we're gonna talk a lot about that. You know, I was talking to to our good friend Billy Lindahl earlier today, and he was like, "Dude, I, I hope you guys come out guns a blazing tonight." And you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, I, I think I'm going to after last week and. You know, they just played so darn well on the road last week, and they come out this week, and it's just oh, it's just so gut-wrenching, you know, um, because you won't – well, before we get there, let, let's, let's, let's back up. All right, so let's recap yesterday's action, and then we'll talk about some key performers on offensive defense, and then we'll break it down a little bit more, and then we'll – recap week eight for you and then we'll go over our season picks so far then we'll pick week nine and then we'll do a preview of the game on sunday between the falcons and the vikings at mercedes-benz and then you might get another edition of get off my lawn uh at the end of the program today so let's start you know uh i think we first let me start with two pieces of breaking news Actually, three, quite frankly, that that uh, affect the Falcons and the game uh, coming up on Sunday against the uh, Minnesota Vikings, if you're just joining us. Grady Jarrett uh, has torn an ACL, and he'll be gone for the rest of the year. That's a big blow to the Falcons' defense for sure. He's kind of the, uh, the guy that uh, is their leader, you know, on that defensive front. And in a corresponding move to that, today, late this afternoon, the Falcons um, acquired Contavia Street from the Philadelphia Eagles uh, for a seventh-round pick in 2025, uh, along with that pick, excuse me. And then the Falcons give up a 2024 sixth-round conditional pick uh, in return. Street uh, played his uh, college football at North Carolina State. Um, he's been in the league, I think, now five or six years. Uh, it's kind of been buried <laughs> on that eagle step chart, and for you know good reason. When you've got Jordan Davis and and uh, 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 Jalen Carter, I mean they they've got they go deep on that Philadelphia defensive line. So hopefully Street can come in and make an impact and and help with the depth on the defensive line. Yeah, I mean. Uh- Grady Jarrett is probably my favorite Falcon and has been for the last few seasons because he, in my opinion, is Mr. Consistent. On the defensive line, he's going to anchor that line, but he's also, I feel like, and I think a lot of Falcons fans do, he's your defensive leader. 
No, through and through, no question about it. He is the general of that defense, and to see him go down with a torn ACL, and that hurts. It hurts me even more because it's Grady Jarrett, but it it still hurts because, I mean, we'll get into it in a little bit, but we sort of got torched yesterday on defense, you know, the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, we really did, and and you know, looking over these numbers from the game yesterday, Josh just. It was the big play, man. The big play on the back end, uh, you know, just it just blows my mind. Um, it, they didn't look like the the fourth ranked defense in the NFL yesterday. That is for darn sure. And uh, so we'll get into that as well. Also, uh, Kirk Cousins, the starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, he tore his Achilles tendon yesterday. And so he's going to miss the rest of the season. And I know there has been a lot of buzz this afternoon late about a possible move the Vikings might look to make, but I don't I don't think they're going to make a move. I think they're going to stick with the rookie quarterback uh, that uh, they uh, – that replaced um, Kirk Cousins in the game yesterday, uh, Jaron Hall. So we'll see if uh, it's Jaron Hall on Sunday, and that might help uh, – uh, might help raise the spirit of Falcon fans as they prepare for the game on Sunday. So, all right, as much as it's going to pain me to go over yesterday's game, let's do it. Uh, 28 points, 28-23 Titans over the Falcons yesterday, and it was, uh, you know, promising early. Falcons came up with a turnover off of Malik Willis fumble, um, and Young Lee Koo, uh, they got stopped, and so Koo kicked a 29-yard uh, field goal, and they were up 3 nothing. And you're thinking, all right, all right, man, good, good, good start to the game. You know, you you turn a turnover into points, and then after that, uh, Will Levis, also known as Joe Montana, stepped on the field, and uh, he torched the Falcons yesterday, man. I, I you know, first career start, uh, he goes. 19 of 29 for 238 and four touchdowns. You know, I, I, and you look back over the touchdowns, and, you know, it, it's just mind-numbing because DeAndre Hopkins had zero touchdown catches going into that game yesterday. Zero. And he torched him for three, two, uh, 147-yard touchdown. The other 61-yard touchdown. And it, you know, it's like, Really? I was so just incensed with the lack of awareness on the back end of the foul. It's DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, man. Been a ghost all year. And yesterday, they made him look like Jerry Rice for crying out loud. Yeah, he came out and looked like a world beater. Now, and we may get into this in a little bit. He had some help out of the stripes because that first touchdown, I mean, he looked like Dusty Rhodes had uh, A.J. Terrell in a dadgum headlock and just pushed off of him. It was so obvious that <laughs> even my wife was hollering at the television about how bad the call was, and we were all just waiting for the flag to come out and nothing. Yeah, I mean, even so, uh, Sterator on the uh, jeans, Sterator was like, hey, uh, that was a penalty. That, that, that should have been called, and, you know – I just I can't believe that you know we're we're, we're going to save that for later. We're gonna we're gonna yeah, save. We'll we're save gonna, that. We're, we're gonna save that mess for later. 
Hopkins looked like a world beater yesterday, like he had been earlier in his career. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it was like uh, Kyler Murray, Murray all over again when he was with the Cardinals. And, you know, if you break down um, the the statistics from the game yesterday, I mean, they're, they're even. I mean, they're really even. I mean, again, total yards, 375 to 342. Uh, the, each team had 14 drives. Um you know, they threw for 24 more yards passing, um, and they rushed for nine more yards than the Falcons. But, again, the big play yesterday killed this team's chance to win on the road. But the other thing that killed this team's chance to win on the road yesterday was the horrible performance of Desmond Ritter in the first half. But, you know, I, I think there are a couple of different things at play in that first half of the Falcons yesterday. Number one, obviously, was Desmond Ritter. Number two was, can I get a punt returner for the Atlanta Falcons that understands the concept of, hey, if I'm standing inside the 10-yard line, let the ball hit the freaking ground. It was ridiculous. They spent six drives starting inside their 15-yard line that first half uh, yesterday, all because we had a punt returner who simply could not let the ball hit the ground and roll into the end zone. Uh, Their punter, Tennessee's punter, was their most valuable player yesterday. He flipped the field nearly every dadgum time he was out there because we act like we're in wreck football and had never returned a punt before. Even I know, and I hadn't been on a hands team ever. I had never been lined up to receive a punt, but I know put your feet, you put your heels on the 10, 15 yard line, whatever it is. Yeah. And if it's over your head, you know, be like Elsa and let it go and let it just <laughs> run on into the end zone. Worst case scenario, it'll kick and go out of bounds, but that's a rarity. Yeah. But yeah, that was it. So frustrating. He didn't do Desmond Ritter any favors no. or Taylor Heineke by the field position. I mean, praised Desmond Ritter too much last week. Yeah. And man. I think he, he probably listened to it. Yeah. Listened to us and it got his head big. Yeah, yeah. He heard uh he heard uh Patrick Edson and Josh Stitcher just going crazy and falling in love with him and he listened to the two dudes and the dirty birds and then he went to then he went to Nashville and um, God, just you know, I I can't even. I I I just wonder, you know, after yesterday's game, Arthur Smith in his post game talked about how Ritter was evaluated at halftime. Now, I don't specifically remember Ritter taking a big hit or bouncing his head off the turf at the end of that first half. So I'm a little skeptical. But what I also know is probably fresh in Arthur Smith's mind was the debacle of handling B. John Robinson at the end of last week's game. And the league came down this week, and they started asking a bunch of questions. And so, you know, even, you know, I guess there could be an explanation that that is plausible in terms of hey we had to get him checked out and you know he talked about how he's not a medical professional and he's got to listen to this guy and that guy in the post game and uh, 
bottom line is the dude was playing lousy football. Just come out and say it. Own it. He was playing poorly. We saw this as an opportunity to win a game on the road. By God, I'm going with the guy that, that's been a proven backup in this league. And by and and, and he almost he almost produced a win yesterday on the road. Yeah, that is to, to me, in my opinion, that is coach's talk for he got pulled. <laughs> and we just don't want to come out and say if he was doing a crappy job, we don't want to come out and just say it and say it in front of his mama and everybody. <laughs> So we put him in a concussion protocol or evaluated him. And then when he cleared it, why didn't he come back to play? Well, it's because he wasn't playing good <laughs> at all this game. Taylor Heineke comes in and he doesn't, you know, he's not a world beater or wasn't a world beater yesterday, but gosh, he was so much more consistent. And then the, the, the offense just, just felt like it was, it had a pep in the step, man. I mean, you know, Heineke was 12 of 21 for 175 yards. He threw a touchdown pass. But, you know, if you – outside of that, the Falcons' run game yesterday, I mean, they ran for 140 yards. But it didn't feel like they ran for 140 yards. You know, I mean, Robinson was 11 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. Algier was eight carries for 31 yards. And then, of course – uh, the invisible man on the Falcon sideline, also known as Cordero Patterson. Where was he yesterday? I mean, last week he was like a coming out part. He's like, hey, there's Cordero Patterson. He's finally back. And then yesterday it's like, uh, you know, his, his beast, it's the Falcons' version of where's Waldo? Where's Cordero, Cordero for crying out loud? I mean, it just didn't make any sense. It's like he's got all these weapons standing over there, and we're – we're getting zapped by this mediocre quarterback play. Ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I agree with you completely. The Falcons are still have those playmakers, and most of them are standing over on the sidelines. And, and at this point in the season, you need to treat every game, Arthur Smith, you need to treat every game like it is a must-win and do all that you can. Use all the weapons that you've got to get those wins or to at least make an impact. I mean – Two carries for seven yards for Cordero Patterson when Algier and Robinson wasn't burning and it was burning the turf up. I mean, that's just unacceptable. Let's try some different things to see what can happen. And you've got a number one draft pick in Kyle Pitts. First round tight end. Five targets yesterday. Three receptions, 35 yards on five targets. I mean, what are we doing on offense? What are we doing? I get it. I get that Arthur Smith wants you to walk through the mud against his football team, and I totally understand that. But we've got too many weapons. Over when when Kaderil Hodge is your leading receiver, three receptions, 75 yards, on three targets, three targets. Man, what I mean, what are we doing? I mean, what are we doing? It's just so frustrating as a Falcon fan to watch that kind of offense and know that if we could just play better with more consistency, take shots down the field, and Heineke th- was able to throw the ball down the field with a little bit of success yesterday, and and it made a difference in that second half. They scored 20 second-half points yesterday, and it, but it's just like, 
it's it they just feel so disjointed at the moment on offense. And I just can't put my finger – well, I can't put my finger on I'm going to put it on the the shoulders of Desmond Ritter and Arthur Smith right now. We've got to have better quarterback play, and I'm sure that that first half, it, Arthur Smith watched it last night or early this morning, and he real, and I hope he realizes. But we've got a problem at quarterback. Desmond Ritter leads the NFL – with 14 turnovers at quarterback. He's got more turnovers at quarterback than Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. The difference in those guys is they go out there and they can push the ball down the field and lead their offenses to score touchdowns. Yeah, and the biggest thing the biggest thing for the Falcons is they're just so dang inconsistent. They haven't had a consistent back-to-back two weeks of play since the season started. And you're right, that falls on the shoulders of Desmond Ritter. I hate to say it, I know he's not a rookie, but I mean, you know, second year man, I'm sorry, but he's got to do better. Arthur Smith isn't doing Ritter any favors. He needs to call plays that are better designed to get Ritter to release the ball quicker and to look for those downfield targets. Daryl Hodge, Drake London. Heck, Kyle Pitts runs routes like a wide receiver just as good as anybody. And he's huge. Feed him the ball. That's why I picked him on my fantasy tight end this time. <laughs> I'm looking for – I keep hoping we'll get a quarterback that will feed Kyle Pitts the football. I mean, in the first half yesterday, I think this is the other thing. We've kind of – kind of uh, we'd be remiss not bringing this up. Tennessee had five sacks in the first half yesterday. So, yeah. compound – Pressuring the quarterback like nobody's business. Terrible, terrible field position for most of the first half. Mediocre quarterback play, and you're only down 14-3 at the half. So you still had a winnable ball game, and I and I honestly believe, and nobody's going to convince me otherwise. Arthur Smith went in at halftime and said, "This is a game we could win if we have better quarterback play." All right, Des, go put your hat on. Taylor, pop that Heineken, drink it real quick, and then you're gonna come out in the second half, Heineke, and you're gonna you're gonna do something with this offense. And they did. They went down. They got a a, a field goal to start that third quarter. It was fourteen to six, and then we got another field goal. It was fourteen to nine, and then the 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 play that just took the air right out of the momentum, the 61-yard pass from Will Levis to DeAndre Hopkins for his third touchdown of the day. And, I mean, it was – I mean, to me at that point, you know, it was – it just felt like, okay, that's it. But, no, the cardiac kids – uh, at, known as the Atlanta Falcons in the fourth quarter. Come back. B. John Robinson gets that third, that nice drive there from the end of the third into the fourth. They they make it a ball game, 21-16, and then another big play, 33-yard touchdown pass to Westbrook in, in Ickhenny. And, I mean, then it was, it was a two-score game. It was over. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. They had every chance to win. 
despite their defense playing as bad as the defense did. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I don't know. It's just so frustrating as a Falcons fan to see them not be able to pull these victories off, to not be able to just march right down the field, get a score, and then come back and get a big stop when you need a big stop. I know that, you know, big plays hurt the Falcons yesterday. That's the one silver lining in the the game for the defense is most of those scoring plays for Tennessee were all, you know, huge chunk plays. Yeah. And, of course, Derrick Henry still had over 100 yards rushing, but, I mean, who's going to hold Derrick Henry to less than 100 yards rushing? <laughs> I mean, he's just a beast. Yeah, he, he was just – He was a difference maker for them yesterday, no doubt about it. 22 carries, 101 yards. Um, you know, the team as a team, they rushed the ball 36 times for 149 yards. The Falcons, 26 carries, 140 yards as a team. And again, you know, uh, they wound up having to throw the ball more than they could run it. And when the Falcons have to do that, that's not a recipe for them to win, and especially not a recipe to win on the road where you got to have good defensive play. And it just didn't happen yesterday for the Falcons. Um, you know, uh, when you when you think about this coming Sunday, though. Uh, the defense has got to play better. I think they're going to be in a position to play better as Kirk Cousins and the Vikings come to Mercedes-Benz this coming Sunday. And, of course, the big news uh, revealed late last night by Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk uh, and NBC Sports. Uh, uh, Cousins is done for the year with the torn Achilles, uh, and it looks like they're going to be starting a rookie wide receiver, or excuse me, uh, quarterback, if they can't find somebody to come in for Cousins. Jaron Hall, uh, I don't know a whole lot about Jaron Hall. I, I do know that he's a rookie, and I do know that he's not Kirk Cousins, and so the Falcons should be able to, to do some things on defense to hopefully get back and and win a game they need to win on at home for in, NFC playoff implications. You know, the Vikings are also 4-4, four and, four, and so you get down late into December and into January, it'll be these types of games that could be the difference maker uh, in a tiebreaker scenario for NFC playoff implications. Yep, and they should they should be able to handle Jaron Hall. They should be able to, but they also should have been able to handle Will Levis <laughs> a little bit better than they did. Yeah. They made Will Levis look like he was a, a seasoned veteran. <laughs> yes, they now, did. I will say this. Will Levis was a proven quarterback at Kentucky when he was in college. Right. We talked about it a little bit last last week. Right. He played in the SEC, so he is he was ready. And he looked pretty good. I mean, he still had some rookie tendencies, but Jaron Hall, I'm like you, I don't know hardly anything about him. <laughs> right. Other Which... than Minnesota took a chance on him and, and drafted him. So, you know, they think something about him. But right. I hope I hope that Arthur Smith and this coaching staff really uses this week to, you know, prepare for Minnesota, but also to work on repairing the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Um, I, I think they would be remiss at this point if they come back Sunday and Des Ritter is the starter. 
this point. Uh, he has to learn the value of protecting the football. He has to learn the value of, hey, it's second and four. I'm in my own end. I drop back to pass. Oh, it's not there. I can't take a sack here and put us behind the chains. And, and goodness gracious, yesterday he did that, like, at least two occasions. The difference, Taylor Heineke in the third quarter, a couple of times. It wasn't there, threw the ball away. Threw it out of bounds. I mean, it's, it's just a – it is a comfort. It is an understanding of what successful quarterback play is in the NFL. And Des Ritter does not have that. And and I don't care what anybody says, you know, unless you're Matt Ryan and you come in and start your rookie year and and have those talents and those intangibles to understand the nuances of playing professional football and being a quarterback in the National Football League, then you need to be behind somebody who knows what they're doing and watch and learn and maybe Heineke can do that for Ritter because Mariota did not do that for Ritter last year. And so, oh. you know, and that's the that's the and that's the process here we're talking about, you know. Des Ritter was not a first-round quarter. He wasn't even a second-round quarter. He was a third-round quarterback, okay? And so when you think about it in those terms holistically, okay? Yes. <sighs> right now I'm you know, if I had a picture of Des Ritter in front of me, I'd rip it to shreds. That's how frustrated I am. But on the flip side of that is I see how talented that guy can be if he can learn how to play the game, you know. And, you know, that falls on Dave Ragone, the Falcons offensive coordinator. You know, are we preparing a game plan every week? He and Arthur Smith, are we preparing a game plan that is going to make him Desmond Ritter successful. I didn't see that yesterday in the first half. Obviously, the field position played a large part of that, but I didn't see it in the first half yesterday. No, I didn't either. It just didn't happen. It looked like that, you know, like I said earlier, they hadn't done Desmond Ritter's any favors. One thing that Desmond Ritter has to learn and understand is sometimes the defense just wins the play. And that's okay. It's okay to drop back. Nothing's there. They're playing great defense. Chunk the ball out of bounds. Right. Don't take a sack. Make second down and, and five. Be third down and five, not third down and 11 or 12. Right. Right. You know, that's one of the things that the young kid has got to learn, that it's okay. Sometimes the defense is just good. But he also needs to sit back, watch Taylor Heineke, and learn to be a quarterback in the NFL. Because Mariota, last year when he got hurt and went out, he left. Yeah. yeah. And Ritter had nobody. Ritter yeah. was the man. And and I really think and feel like, and honestly, we can see it now, Mariota didn't do Ritter any favors you know, in training camps or anything like that, helping him come along and learn how to be an NFL quarterback. Right. I mean, I, there is a lot of me as a Falcon fan that believes – we made a terrible mistake in trading Matt Ryan when we did. Matt Ryan could have been the quarterback that it, it doesn't matter who the quarterback would have been that they brought in would have been. Matt Ryan could have been the quarterback that was the franchise quarterback. He would have invested himself into someone 
that would have been coming to replace him to be the next quarterback for the next generation of Falcon fans, you know? And we traded him. And and so you're left with, okay, you know, and, and, and I get it, the, the salary cap uh, place we were in and – and the opportunity to get rid of that salary, I understand that. And I also understand that it's Arthur Smith and um, and management's uh, decision to try to get out of that. And so I understand that. I completely understand it. But at the same time, as a fan, I want to see a winning product on the field. You know? And I think – I mean, I – I'm tired of watching the Falcons lose winnable games on Sunday. Um, and I just, come, I'm ready for them to win football games. And I don't care how they do it, you know. But let's have a quarterback that that makes good decisions with the football. If you're going to step up in the pocket because you're feeling pressure, put two hands on the football and bring it up to your chest. Don't put it down by your waist so you get slapped out of your hand. It's these, again, it's these nuances of playing professional, playing quarterback in the football, in the national football. So I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, and I apologize to you, Josh, and the rest of the band. I'm just, I'm really frustrated about what happened yesterday, especially when you see what Taylor Heineke can do, and, and then you start thinking, we're only 4-4. Four four. We've got, that's, that's eight games. We've got nine games left. Does nine games of Taylor Heineke at quarterback feel better than the first eight we've been through with Desmond Ritter? And right now, it does. It does. And and the nine games that we have left, they're all very, very winnable ball oh. games. Going back to what you said about winning and everything, we, the fans, deserve better than what they're providing on the field than what they're putting out there. They're just trotting out like they don't work that hard during the week during practice trotting out on the field like you know they just go through the motions and it shows on Sundays and everybody around the country the NFL they're just looking and I guarantee you nobody is on the Falcons schedule right now is concerned at all about playing the Atlanta Falcons whether they're playing them at home or they're coming to Atlanta to play them nobody is and that's something that we've got to figure out as a coaching staff as an organization as a group of players to do something to begin to strike fear in the hearts of every opponent that the Falcons play this year well, and in the years beyond. And, and you know, man, I feel like I, I don't even know why I made a show sheet, man. We've been all over the place. But here, here's my, my last point, and then we'll move on, and it's this. You're right. I, if I'm an opposing coach or opposing defensive coordinator and I'm looking at the Falcons on my schedule uh, the next week, I am not the least – bit worried about the quarterback and trying to figure out how to scheme and beat the quarterback. It, I know I've got to stop the running game. And so, by God, I'm going to start putting eight, nine in the box. You know, I'm going to scheme to where my defense can take away the run game. Because right now, I mean, the only time you see a, a formation – uh, for the Falcons that has more than two wide receivers, it's on third down for crying out loud. And, and I mean, that's just the design and scheme of Arthur Smith's offense. And we don't have that that quarterback that, you know, I mean, even 
even if we had like a Derek Carr, it would be better than than what we've got right now. So, all right, enough. I think the fans have heard our frustration. It's time. I'm chunking those notes right there, by God, because I'm I'm about sick of talking about it. Do better, Falcons. Be better, Arthur Smith. Be better, Desmond Ritter. Be better. Just be better. Arthur Blank, be better. It's ridiculous. All right. Josh, let's recap the week eight in the NFC South, and we start with last Thursday's prime game, Amazon Prime. The Bucks uh, go down to the Bills 24-18. Baker Mayfield was 25-42 of for 237 and two tutties. He was also sacked three times. I found it kind of interesting that his leading receiver was also his leading ball carrier, Rashad White, had nine carries. Again, the Bucks. it's the same story. They're not running the football. Baker Mayfield's got to throw the ball more than 40 times. They're going to lose football games. Oh, 100%. And I watched that game. And I, the, the Buccaneers kept it a lot closer than I expected them to. You know, their defense hung right around with them. And at times made Josh Allen look silly. But yeah, you're exactly right. They can't run the ball. They couldn't run through a wet paper bag. And that absolutely, that hurt them against the Bills. I really believe if they'd had a run game, they'd have probably beat the Bills by three points or better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Josh Allen, he was 31 of 40 for 324 and two tutties and an interception. He also ran the ball seven times for 41 yards and a rushing touchdown. And then, of course, our our uh, good buddy, James Cook, former dog, he had 14 carries for 67 yards. The Bucks go on the road this week to face the Texans, and then the Bills go to Cincinnati. They're moving on to Cincinnati, moving on to Cincinnati on Sunday night, moving on to Cincinnati on Sunday night. They play the uh, yeah. uh, Bengals on Sunday night football. The Saints and the Colts yesterday, the Saints – uh, they pulled out 38-27. My man Gardner Minshew could not deliver on a win for us. But uh, Derek Carr, uh, mediocre. He was 19-27, but he threw for over 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Uh, Alvin Kamara was a big difference maker yesterday for the Saints. He had 17 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown, but he also had four receptions for 51 yards and a touchdown. He had five targets. And then uh, – my favorite saint to hate, Taysom Hill. He also had uh, two touchdowns. Um, he was also one for two for 44 yards. So he carried the ball nine times and scored two touchdowns yesterday. Um, for the Colts, Gardner Minshew, uh, 23 of 41 for 213 yards and two touchdowns. Um, but and Jen, the beast, Jonathan Taylor, 12 carries for 95 yards. Um, you know, the, the score – well, you know, it's an 11-point game, two-score game for the Saints, but that makes them 4-4. Four and four. It gets them right back into the hunt for the NFC South thanks to the Falcons' abysmal performance yesterday. Yeah. Uh, the Saints, I don't know. We're going to – I think the Saints are going to hang around most of the season like they always do. And uh, these couple of games where we get to play the Saints, I mean, they're really, really going to have huge implications – on playoffs and moving forward with the rest of this season as to what what Atlanta's going to do. Yeah, I, I really I really think it's going to be the, the NFC South winners can be 9 and 8. You know. Yeah. Maybe even 8 and 9, you know. Yeah. They're just not I mean the they just 
all the teams in the division right now. I just don't I don't feel warm and fuzzy about any of them, including the Falcons. All right, man. Uh, the Panthers get their first win of the day of the season yesterday uh, in a very Arthur Smith esque uh, type feel. 15-13 over the Texans. Bryce Young gets his first win as a starter in the NFL. He was 22-31 for 235 yards and a touchdown, but he was sacked six times yesterday. And I, I'm beginning to wonder if uh, if uh, Bryce Young doesn't need to put on about 20 or 25 pounds uh, between now and the beginning of next season. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to physically put up with that Uh if that's the the way the the Panthers are going to protect him uh, as an offense, no, they he definitely needs to do something. And Bryce Young, he doesn't deserve that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he, he got he got selected by the Panthers. He was their you know first rounder. He was, I believe, number one overall. If that's, I'm not yeah, mistaken, that's right. That's right. And, and for them to out an offensive line like that, their offensive line makes the Falcons look like <laughs> world beaters. So, yes. no, Bryce Young doesn't deserve that. He's going to get beat up, and his career's not going to last very long if he doesn't beef up and uh, do what he needs to do to, to get a little tougher. But, my goodness, yeah. you just got to feel that the guy. Absolutely. And Adam Thielen, the former Viking uh, who's now with the Panthers, he had eight catches for 72 yards and – uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, he, he he ran the ball 15 times for 28 yards yesterday. That's less than two yards yeah. of carry if you're doing the math at home, ladies and gentlemen. For the Texans, so this was really the battle of the the, the first two quarterbacks taken in the, this past year's draft. C.J. Stroud, he was 16 of 24 for 140 yards. He also had a rushing touchdown. Uh, you know, uh, just a really – terrible game to watch. I'm glad I didn't have to watch this terrible game. I got to watch our terrible game, the Falcons <laughs> and in the Titans yesterday. So the Panthers get their first win. They they'll host the Colts next week. So it'll be the 1 and 6 Panthers and the 3 and 5 Colts and of course the Falcons will host the Vikings here at Mercedes-Benz on Sunday at 1 o'clock and the big news there Kirk Cousins torn Achilles uh, so he'll be gone. Jaron Allen will be their starter unless uh, they go and pick up a quarterback. Um, but it's Monday night. Uh, that might be a little difficult to sell. It'd have to be a veteran, somebody maybe like a, I don't know, Matt Ryan. All right, so here we go. Um, that's your NFC South Week 8 recap. Our Week 8 season picks, you had uh, – Patrick going four and two in week eight, and Josh going 500, three and three is what I had, Josh. So uh, we both picked the Falcons to win. Obviously, that was a bad pick. Uh, the Bills, um, and they win. Uh, the Jag, I've chose the Jags. You went with the Steelers, and uh, Trevor Lawrence and uh, company went on the road, took care of business. We both took the Cowboys. Man, they beat the ever-loved snot out of Matthew Stafford yesterday. Uh, I'm sure he's feeling every bit of that. Of course, we took the Chiefs, and what did happen? Uh, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson pull a rabbit out of their hat uh, the day, two days before Halloween, and they come away with a victory at home at Mile High. And then finally, probably the worst game of the day yesterday. 
I don't know if you had the opportunity to watch this after. I, when you thought things could not get any worse on an NFL field, they take you to the Jets and Giants game immediately following the Falcons game yesterday, and you get to witness that debacle. But the Jets do come away with the win in overtime. Um, and so we both, thank goodness, picked that. So on the season, I'm 9-3. and three, Josh is 7-5. and five. So with that, let's go to our Week 9 picks. Uh, we've got the Titans and the Steelers Sunday. Uh, the Steelers right now are favored by three. Who do you got? I'm going with the Steelers. Yeah. yeah. I, saw, I saw the Titans play, and I just – I think Pittsburgh's back end on defense is – to be the difference maker in keeping DeAndre Hopkins at bay. And they'll probably give Will Levis a little bit more of a fit yeah. than, uh, than our defense did. So just strictly based on defense, I'm going with the Steelers. Yeah, you know, I'd like to pick them. And in the back of my mind, I think that's a good pick. But I think uh, the Kenny Pickett's health might still be in question. I think Minka Fitzpatrick too. I don't know what his status will be Sunday, but I'm I'm going to stick with you. I think I'm going to take the Steelers too as well. Dolphins and Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs right now are favored by two and a half. This ought to be a really good uh, game. The Chiefs, I'm sure, are going to be really salty coming out of that law, division loss yesterday. Uh, not that that really matters. I don't think anybody's going to challenge the Chiefs in the AFC West. But anyway, Dolphins and Chiefs. Who you got? I want to pick Dolphins. They look electric. They're electric on offense. They're playing pretty good defensive football. But for the point that you made, I just don't think Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey get beat two weeks in a row, especially after the way they got beat Sunday. <laughs> I mean, they made they made Denver look like Super Bowl team, which we know they're not. I mean, my gosh, as good as they look, I think it's going to be a rough week of practice for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think they squeak out a win over the Dolphins. All right. You know you know what the Dolphins remind me of? The Dolphins remind me of that girl you, you wanted to date in high school. And then you go back to the 25-year reunion, and she's still looking. Hey, man, she... Mm-hmm. She still looks good. But you don't want to even talk to her because you know she has snakes in the head, man. That's what the Dolphins remind me of. You know, that they, they are. They, man, they are sexy on a football field, man. Tua Tagovailoa and Tyreek Hill. And I think, you know, uh, they bring so many weapons uh, on offense uh, but at the end of the day, I, I just I can't see myself picking against the Chiefs either. I'm going to pick the Chiefs as well. Seahawks and Ravens. Ravens are, are favored by five and a half uh, as of today. Uh, the Seahawks, I believe, won yesterday, came off a nice win uh, in those uh, throwback unis. They were looking uh, terribly green yesterday. Um the Ravens and Lamar Jackson at the moment, they just feel like they're maybe starting to get into a bit of a rhythm. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, and I, I, I'm going to go with you 100% on that. The Ravens are playing Ravens are playing good. 
Seattle. Seattle's playing okay, but I mean, just the overall piece of work, the overall work that Ravens are doing, I think they win. I think they cover the spread as well. Okay. All right. You say Ravens and Ravens to cover. All right. Eagles and Cowboys. This is a big NFC matchup here. Probably going to have a lot of implications as we move through the season and we try to get a NFC East winner. Um, you know, after after seeing Jalen Hurts yesterday, uh, the only thing that I have reservation about with the Eagles is whether or not Jalen Hurts can win the big game. I mean, no that he did it somewhat at Alabama. Uh, and I know that he brought the Eagles to within one game of winning it all last season, right? But does Jalen Hurts have the moxie to be a Dan Quinn defense? They did last year. I think he could do it again this year. My heart tells me Jerry's boys, but I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Eagles. I want to go with the Eagles. I want to so bad because I just, I'm just not a cowboy. <laughs> I mean, I, they're they're America's team. They say they are and everything, but I just don't. I can't like them and everything, but I don't know why, but I mean, this week, I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys to beat the Eagles. <laughs> okay, man, I got you. Alright. Right. I think I'm going to regret it. But oh, man, I feel you, I man. It's I like know. It's like, you know, I, I, it's pain. I hate both those teams. I mean, I just, but I get it. I get it. Bills and Bengals. Uh, Bengals are three points uh, underdogs, I believe, uh, as they face the Bills this Sunday. Uh, I believe that's a Sunday night game. Um, it's at uh, Cincinnati. Um, you know, I, I, right now, today, I'm picking the Bengals. I'm going with you on that all day. I've been looking at that one, and uh, you give me you give me Broadway Joe at Cincinnati. <laughs> you give me you give me the receivers that are around him, and he just plays. He's on a different level, especially under the lights in Cincinnati. Yeah, I'll take the I'll take the Bengals. Yeah, and I, and I just I feel like they're starting they're just starting to maybe find a good rhythm too right now. They you know. Uh, uh, Burrow coming out of preseason, did, didn't play, had the injured calf, but now he seems to feel – he just feels like they're getting into a rhythm. Final game this week we're picking, Browns at Cardinals. Browns are favored by seven right now. Um, you know, I, I, I'd i be a fool to pick the Cardinals, and uh, so I'm going to pick the Browns. <laughs> I'll take. I'm taking the Browns as well. All right. Okay. So uh, the Cardinals, the Cardinals just don't have it. No. Together. No, and it's going to be interesting to see what direction they go once the season ends, and they got to make a decision about Kyler Murray after this season. Yeah. So it's going to be yeah. really interesting to see where the Cardinals go there. All right. Week nine preview: Falcons and Vikings. Real quick. Basically, two questions. Who's going to start for the Falcons? And who's going to start for the Vikings? 
I know who I want to start for the Falcons. I think I know who you want to start for the Falcons. And I think that's enough said there. If we don't see Taylor Heineke at starting quarterback on Sunday, I am really, really, really going to be wanting to go to Mercedes-Benz and shave, shave Arthur Smith's mustache straight off his face. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Pick me up on the way. Ride together. <laughs> Ride it down and just make it happen. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I just don't see how there's any way that Arthur Smith can't start Taylor Heineke. No. Unless Taylor Heineke sprains his ankle or something in practice. <laughs> right. right. I, if, if, it's, if, it's, if, if it's not Taylor Heineke, you know, maybe there needs to be a bigger discussion about the future of Arthur Smith. And anyway, okay. so, all right. So, our, our final we'll, – one one last thing we're going to do a get off my lawn segment and it's going to be a real quick rant here folks and this is it my get off the my lawn rant for the week is start taylor heineke and that's all i'm going to say because if i have to come on this program next monday night and des ritter has turned the ball over three times, and the Falcons have lost a winnable game at home against another rookie quarterback, this guy right here is going to be flat out hot. And that's all I'm going to say. I agree with you completely on that. But I've got kind of two little mini rants real quick. All right, man. First one, the first one, be consistent. And this is the second week in a row. (laughs) Grown officials. And I don't like it as as well as anybody. I don't like getting on officials or anything, but be consistent calling pass interference. Oh, amen. If you can't if if you're gonna call what they do against the defense and the offense does it, DeAndre Hopkins, call it. I mean, we were talking back and forth yesterday about how he put him in a headlock. And then you said if he does a cross body block, you know, we we go into Nashville and here he comes out and does a cross, cross body, body block. block. And nothing. They don't call anything. <laughs> Officials, do better. Be consistent. Call it, you know, it's a cliche. Call it both ways. Absolutely. Second rant, the second rant that I have, and this is going to be just very quick, CBS, do better with you broadcasters. I, hey, I don't want to be that guy, but Beth Mowens has no no chance. She has no place calling an NFL football game. They have no place having three people in the press box uh, to commentate an NFL football game, especially when the two guys just argue with each other the whole time. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. No, man. Well, I I heard I heard similar comments earlier today uh, from a couple of folks I know, and then also on a nationally syndicated broadcast that was very critical of Beth Mowens and very critical of Jay Feely. And then uh, James Lofton as well. They, you know, they, they were not good yesterday. I, I, I completely agree. CBS, uh, if you're looking for broadcasters, I know two uh, right now, uh, two dudes in the Dirty Birds uh, podcast hosts. That would be a lot better than what you got yesterday. All right, folks. Thanks for listening to Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds presented by the Morning Five. Everybody, be better this week, man. For Josh Stitcher, I'm Patrick Edson. We'll see you next week on Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds. <laughs>